It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now, yesterday we got a great insight into what it is like to have COVID-19 with James from the city sharing his story from diagnosis to recovery. Well, another lady, thankfully, well on the road to full health following a positive test for coronavirus is Sinn Féin President Mary Lou MacDonald, who takes time out to join me this morning. Good morning to you, Mary Lou. Good morning, Patricia. Lovely uh, to talk to oh, you. Well, lovely to talk to you as well. Now, you went back to work for the first time this week. How are you feeling that first week back? I'm feeling I'm feeling good, Patricia. Uh, I feel, I, I have to tell you, I feel very, very lucky uh, to come out to have come out the far side of what was a very, very miserable sickness. Um, I feel very conscious of others now, maybe even people listening in this morning who are fighting this virus or who have a loved one who is sick and I, I wish them a recovery. Um, a full recovery. And then, of course, uh, I think of all of those who have now buried loved ones and the heartbreak and the misery of that in such difficult circumstances. So I'm heartbroken for them. But I'm very lucky, Patricia. I, I wasn't hospitalised. Um, I managed to get better at home. Um, so all in all, uh, I got through it. But I, I have to tell you, it is it is a horrible, horrible virus. And Anybody who imagines that it's just one set of the population who can get this and get sick from it, let me tell you that's not true. Um, And uh, some people will uh, fight this thing off and it'll be very, very mild, but people of of any age can get really quite sick with it. So I I just feel very blessed and very lucky to have come out the far end. Yeah, I mean, I was reading on the paper today of a young 31-year-old a worker in a in a nursing home in in Dublin who has become the latest healthcare worker to die from COVID nineteen at thirty one year old. Thirty one year old. I mean, in, in their prime, just yeah. the beginning of the prime of their life, and 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 so this isn't to cause panic at all at all amongst people, but that we have to be, we just need to be very mindful of the fact that this virus is highly infectious, transmits very easily. It's a mystery to me how it came into my home, how I got it. Um, but it's it's highly infectious. Were you the only one in your house to get it? Um, I well, no, actually, my my husband got sick too. Oh, did um, he? Okay. None of the children. No, the kids. Funny enough, the kids had uh, go to the school where the very first uh, case was found. Yeah. Because so he all been, went into lockdown, didn't you? The yeah, whole household. That's yeah. Right. They, they've been they've been at home since the beginning of March. So I have every sympathy and understanding for families trying to keep things on 
the straight and narrow and keep kids in a bit of routine and, and my heart goes out to leaving cert students and their families and all of that uh, uncertainty but no we've been if you like uh, to use the phrase ahead of the curve in terms of this uh, of this virus and um, So and it was only you and your husband the kids the, the children didn't get it? No well we're, the assumption is that they may have done but they, they didn't They'd get have sick the symptoms, they, yeah. they didn't get sick but And like so many others by the time you got your positive test results you were no longer infectious isn't that right? Did you wait 16 days for your results? I, I waited 16 days Patricia and I know I am not unique in, in that at all Um you know, people have waited as long and longer and, and even some frontline healthcare workers, shockingly uh, enough. So, yeah, so that was uh, very difficult uh, to be left in the dark uh, in that way. But I think the most serious consequences of delays like that in getting the result it, is that it um, it means that the contact tracing doesn't happen. So in my case, it was, what, three weeks um, after the fact, uh, more actually, after contact, though the limited number of people I would have been in contact with, but it was more than three weeks before they got a contact tracing call. Now, obviously, that can't that can't be the case. New um, targets have been set. They w- were told that there will be more efficient and am- ambitious uh, testing, and that's very, very welcome. But it has to be real. It has to translate onto the ground. There's no point in having grandiose statements and targets if it's not actually working on the ground, because it's that testing regime, testing, isolating and tracing. We have to have that right to have a safe exit. From the yeah, very and I mean, we, we need to get to a situation where if within 24 hours, you need to be able to get a test and get a result. I mean, isn't that the yes, ideal? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the uh, ideal. More ideal, again, is if you could have even more rapid, almost on the spot testing, but the quicker, the shorter the time frame uh, between being swabbed, the test happening and the result coming back to you, the better for, for the people and their families concerned, but critically uh, in terms of the contact tracing, because we are still now in the coming weeks and months, we are going to have to stay on top of this thing. This virus is with us. We don't have antivirals yet. We don't have a vaccine yet. We will at some stage, but, but science and medicine needs to be given that space and they need to work very rapidly to get us to that point. But in the meantime, um, we are going to have to have real uh, safety nets to keep us ahead of, of this virus and to keep as many people well as we can and critically to save as many lives as we can. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So the message is stay at home and abide by the restrictions. Absolutely. OK, uh, um, and obviously while we have you on the line, we have to talk about a government. And, a, and first of all, what, are you happy with the way the caretaker government are handling the pandemic? I would I would say that anyone handling this, I mean, it's, it's an enormous, enormous uh, challenge and I'm loath to be you know overly critical uh, of people who are working in such difficult circumstances I think they've got some things right I think the initial uh, analysis informed by the medics and the scientists of you know a test isolate trace the physical distancing measures and so on and the the asks of 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 wider society as difficult as they are th- those were all the right moves um from in, in some instances, I felt that they were a little bit slow off the mark. Um, I think very tragically, uh, mistakes were made in respect of our nursing homes. 
I think that's that's evident now. That needs to be corrected. Um, there was unnecessary delay, uh, and ironically, in fact, some of the you know the nursing homes themselves knew what they had to do at the beginning of March, uh, but they were told that they were moving too quickly. I think it's now evident that they uh, they, they that, that was wrong. Uh, that that was the wrong call. Um, and uh, I would be very conscious of people now who themselves are in, living in congregated settings or residential homes or people who have loved ones in nursing homes and other residential centres. Uh, we, we have to make absolutely sure that we're not just swabbing uh, and testing, but that those swabs and tests actually will amount to redeploying staff proper health care plans and that we get stuck in and that they're, all of those settings are given the supports uh, that they need. I, I think today, as we're speaking, one of my my big concerns about how this is being handled by, by government, by the caretaker government, is some of the mixed messages that have been sent out and some of the kite flying. Um, you know, everybody wants us to get back functioning and, and get back to the business of, of rebuilding jobs and enterprises and all of that. But I just don't think it's helpful for ministers uh, or, or indeed the Taoiseach to be thinking out loud on these matters. I think we need a very, very thoughtful, safe, informed and agreed strategy uh, in terms of exiting and unwinding these measures. It, of course, has to be informed by science. But there also needs to be a political consensus and and floating ideas around, well, we might open this or we might open that, I think is wrong. And then finally, on the leaving cert, and there's mixed views. Some people believe uh, that the, the exam should be cancelled and that there should be uh, an assessment method employed. I, I, I have some sympathy for, for that position. I also know the difficulties that it has because we, we don't have a tried and tested universal transparent, you know, fair and accepted system to do that. So the decision has been made to hold exams. But like at a minimum, people, students and their families now need much greater certainty as regards, you know, the real the real prospect of them returning for classroom hours, the real prospect of where exams will be held, the real prospect of what the timetable is, because I know that's causing huge, huge anxiety in, in homes up and down the country. Yeah, we had a young Leaving Cert student on, on yesterday and she's immunosuppressed so she's terrified about the idea of going into a room sure. with a group of, of, of other students. Lots of talk obviously about government um, formation um, and there seems to be a lot of focus today on the papers of the Greens and it looks like Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael that the Greens are the, the best prospect of, of securing them. The third party ahead of Labour and the Social Democrats no mention at all of uh, Sinn Féin. Have you been in any talk with Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael? No, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael have decided to exclude Sinn Féin. That, that um, we're all grown-ups and we all know that you can't force people into governmental arrangements with other people. That's, that's, that's as it is. Um, but it's quite something that uh, they would decide to... And, and wear, by the way, as a badge of honour... Um, the notion that they would exclude the representatives of about a quarter of the electorate, uh, not even to speak to us, not to even sit down and dialogue on the big issues of the day, housing in particular, health, all of these things that we talked about in the election and which are, are more 
um, immediate uh, now. I mean, the, the need for the kind of change that we talked about uh, is, is, is all the more uh, acute now. We've spoken to everybody else, Patricia, and actually in the course, in the week since the election, we've done good work with, with the range uh, of parties. Uh, I saw the framework document that Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, uh, produced. And if it imitate, wasn't sent to you? Not at all. No, I, okay. I thought I, we, it, it got into the public domain. No, no, I mean, they have, they have decided that they will keep power between themselves and that, that we are to be kept out. In the last all, uh, they were neurotic about the idea of Sinn Féin leading the opposition, so they cobbled together this confidence and supply arrangement. After the most recent election, they're paranoid about Sinn Féin being in government and delivering change, so they've decided that they will, they'll pull this manoeuvre to try and stop it. And uh, the, the, the depressing part is this. They have their framework document, which wasn't sent to us, but which I have read uh, in any event, and if imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, then we're very flattered because they've clearly tried to cut and paste our ideas and some of the language and the rhetoric. But there's no substance to it. And there's no credibility in those two parties who were in government for the last four years suggesting that they're going to deliver this type of change. They're not. And I mean, I think all of us in politics know that. And having said all of that, Patricia, we need a government and we need a government that can deliver. So I haven't given up uh, the ghost on anything. But well, actually, a, a good question. Go under the bridge. A good question from uh, Michael, one of our listeners in Castletown Bear. So could you ask Mary Lou, please? What is Sinn Fein's programme for government now? As it cannot be the same as before the election, when you bear in mind what's happened with uh, the coronavirus, and have you distributed a new programme for government to other parties? Well, I. I, I think our friend in Castletember is probably talking about our manifesto because programmes for government are hammered out by parties uh, going into to government. Let me say this. When we said to people in the course of the election that our ambition was to ensure that everybody had a stable roof over their head, for example, that, that we had a rent freeze and proper proper stability for people in the rental sector, when we said we need to invest in our health service, keep people off trolleys, deal with uh, the, the waiting lists and so on. I would say that the necessity, the urgency to do those things now is actually made uh, all the stronger by what we have been through. I mean, in the course of this crisis, we have all learned, if we didn't already know, that, that a stable roof over your head is your sanctuary to, to isolate, to, to get better, to keep your family safe, to co- to cocoon for those citizens who are cocooning. So these were very, these, we were talking about the basics. We were talking about getting the basics right. And that needs to happen uh, in, in this climate now. The whole continent and the whole world uh, has had to put our, our economy into a slumber, to sleep for weeks, uh, for, for an extended period of time, because we have to keep uh, people well and alive. But we're all going to come out of this at some stage. And today, at a European level, the conversation is about something akin to a Marshall-type plan after the the war, uh, which will be necessary to stimulate, to invest, 
not for cutbacks, not for austerity, the stuff that we had after the banking crisis that would make a, a very difficult situation uh, all the more difficult and is not the road to economic recovery. So all of those things still need to be done. Okay, and, and we and we yeah. look to, to Europe. Okay, and just very finally, Lehman Middleton says, bearing in mind that you've just recovered from coronavirus, what did Mary Lou uh, make of the group who gathered outside the High Court in Dublin yesterday, ignoring the current restrictions, uh, particularly after she'd been through the coronavirus, and that's that case that's before the court. That's right. Did, did you I, say, I, what did I you make of that group? Well, I, I, I think that uh, I think that that was very, very irresponsible. Yeah. Okay. And uh, these these uh, these emergency measures are emergency measures. They're not forever. This isn't about a tyrannical state trying to make people miserable or control people. This is about a virus. This is about biology. This is about health. This is about keeping our people safe and well. Okay, and a number of people want to wish you uh, well on your road to uh, recovery. Uh, Mary Lou, thank you for that and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Patricia. Good morning to you. Uh, Bye-bye. That is the President of Sinn Féin, Mary Lou MacDonald.